boys are back with NASCAR's most important betting stop of the day. This is the Money Stop. He's Cole Cusimano. I'm Steven Cusimano, and we are presented by Kicking the Tires and our friends at Sharplink Gaming. Michael McDowell, Cole, back in victory lane for the first time since he was a Daytona 500 champion. This time he gets to kiss the bricks. Uh, he was a big favorite of ours this week. He was in our, I don't remember if he was a sleeper or a value. I think he was one of our sleepers last week. We knew it would be a great week to be Michael McDowell, and it winds up being that he was the winner of this race, and he has punched his ticket officially into the playoffs. And, and this was just a, a feel-good win. It's always a feel-good win when Michael McDowell reaches victory lane, but held off Chase Elliott, one of the road course ringers in the sport, and, and this was just a, a win that I think everybody can agree on. Yeah, honestly, I had a blast watching this race, and Michael McDowell is just such a great guy on a personal level. Working for the Arizona Republic, I've just grown very close with him over the years, and to see him where he's at right now in his career and scoring that massive win in, in Indy was seriously amazing, and to see how the drivers rallied around him post-race was really something to see, and it speaks volumes about who that guy is um, as a person and as a driver. I think... The week before was a money stop masterclass. This was a Michael McDowell masterclass, and and that this was no fluke. This wasn't even a, a surprise to me. I mean, he topped practice the day before, and he, he, road courses have been his bread and butter his entire career. That's that's no secret, obviously. But in the next gen era, he's easily been one of the most consistent, one of the best by far. The dominance maybe wasn't there, but I feel like all the pieces were there. And as I mentioned in the last episode. Travis Peterson's been the guy to really bring the best out of Michael McDowell and this 34 team, and we really all saw it come together on Sunday this past week, and this is a team that's really been performing well above expectations. I know the stats were better on paper last year, but looking at this team right now compared to where they were last year, this is a driver and a team that's been a top 15 car that's evolved uh, really gradually into a top 10 car. And I think this was a statement victory. This was no Sunday drive. For as dominant as that, a victory as that was in Indianapolis, you mentioned it. He had to hold off Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick. And this was all, like, continuous green flag racing, pretty much. There was one caution in the first handful of laps. Outside of that, it was pretty much two hours, ten minutes of green flag racing. You had to be completely flawless, on track, on pit road. And this was not an easy win, man. Chase Elliott was being really aggressive, Daniel Suarez as well, three guys trying to make the playoffs, and what do you know, it's the number 34 team that gets it done, and I just, I, I thought it was a great race, I know people are going to have their opinions on that, <laughs> um, I think it wasn't very well received in that regard, but I think the silver lining is that NASCAR did test the oval once again at Indianapolis, and I think it's safe to say that we're probably going to see that next year, and I think this was a good a good experiment. Like the first Indianapolis race on the road course was definitely messy, but it still had that prestige aspect to it. Whereas these past two years, it was more so just another road course race. So I'm excited to get back to hopefully uh, a longstanding tradition that was implemented back in, 19, in uh, 1994. And um, man, I'm, I'm really pumped for this week, especially because we killed it last week. We killed it the week before. And I told you yesterday, we could have realistically done this episode um, on Monday after the, the Indianapolis race, but we didn't have the odds and all that up. So I think I am extremely confident this week, and it's going to be another money stop masterclass in Watkins Glen. Yes, it always has been when we've gone to the road courses this year. And what do you know? Like you said, we go to another one at Watkins Glen. Uh, just to briefly touch on what you said, I agree that the, the Indy road course, obviously, after that first race or two, lost its luster a little bit, and I think especially now with where the intermediate and speedway program is with these next-gen cars, it's a perfect time to reintroduce the Indy Oval uh, as is tradition next season, so I'm excited for that, but equally as excited to go to Watkins Glen. Before we turn the page there, we'll recap the top 10 from Indianapolis, beginning with the winner, Michael McDowell. Chase Elliott needed to win, wound up finishing runner-up. Strong day for Daniel Suarez, again, keeping himself right in the points running, he finished third, Tyler Reddick fourth, he was your pick to win, Alex Bowman rounded out the top five, and then Chase Briscoe was sixth, Martin Truex Jr. seventh, Kyle Larson was eighth, Christopher Bell ninth, and our guy, SVG, wound up in tenth. So he's got two cup starts under his resume, and they're both top tens, a first and a tenth place finish. So before we move on, Cole, anything else you wanted to touch on from that top ten? I mean, you kind of touched on it, the fact that 
we really forecasted this pretty well. There were a few question marks in some of those foreign road course racers, some of which were making their first NASCAR starts. Uh, but we, we had mentioned that SVG was a guy that we probably had the most confidence in out of those drivers, being that he had the cup experience, he had obviously the win, and then some other names that we discussed, the Kyle Larsons, the Tyler Reddicks, the Daniel Suarez's that we talked about, all a, kind of a who's who of who wound up in the top 10. Yeah, man, I thought overall we, we really forecasted that race very well. I think um, we had a majority of this top 10 mentioned in that last episode. And I think you, you look at some of these names like Alex Bowman, Daniel Suarez, Chase Elliott. Those are three guys that, and obviously Mike McDowell, four guys that needed to basically get a win to be sure they were going to make the playoffs. And they all rose to the occasion. And it was very telling for me because, as mentioned, this this race ran green pretty much the entire time. But you saw guys like Elliott and Suarez and Bowman race their way into the top five when they really have not been at their best at this point in the year. And truthfully, HMS as a whole um, at this point in the year. Um, so see them kind of rise to the occasion, get those top five finishes and challenge for the win was uh, a very good thing for that organization. Daniel Suarez as well surprised me. I know the road course stats were there last year. Um, we know he's a very talented driver, but it's just been a wildly inconsistent season and to see this team also get a top three finish um, that was also very nice to see and I think you look up and down this top 10 with the exception of SVG you're going to see a lot of the same players at Watkins Glen however I think we've seen more chaos at Watkins Glen compared to Indianapolis in the short time we've been going there on the road course so I think um, you look up and down this top 10 you'll see a lot of the same players and I think we're going to do another really good job um, given the drivers that we think are going to be contenders in this race. Yeah, Watkins win. It's pretty simple. You know what you're going to get. We've been going here for years. Uh, and like you said, there is some calamity from time to time. And it's really more of an entertainment factor than it is a wild card factor. So turning the page there, we'll begin by mentioning that our nickel or dime segment is going to be on social media exclusively going forward at the underscore money stop. Again, it's a visual segment. So Follow us on social media at the underscore money stop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is where we'll go over the paint schemes and give you our nickels and our dimes for the week, which are our five or tens out of ten, basically, out of the, the new paint schemes or the special paint schemes, the non-primary ones uh, at this week in Watkins Glen. Had some solid ones last week, but I think we've got a better week upcoming at Watkins Glen with the nickel or dimes. Uh, that is up on social media right now at the underscore money stop. And again, that is to make room for some extra betting analysis with some parlay bets towards the end of the episode, which we discussed last week. This week, though, at Watkins Glen, the cars will qualify on Saturday at 1.35 Eastern time. That'll be important to take into consideration. As you mentioned, Cole, I'm glad you brought it up, the fact that there are no stage breaks at the road courses. The race at the Indy Road Course wound up being that it was almost green flag the entire way. So when you consider that, we go to another road course. Starting lineup is very important to consider going forward this week as well. And as we now take it to the bank, looking at our favorites for the week, beginning with BetMGM's pre-qualifying odds at the goal bowling at the Glen. It's going to lead off with none other than the guy who finished runner-up last week and the Watkins Glen ringer himself, Chase Elliott, valued at plus 350 for the win. I think rightfully so. He is the favorite. We saw what we needed to see out of that team last week, that maybe they can contend for a win. And you go to Chase Elliott's best track on the circuit. He is the favorite. And his teammate, Kyle Larson, plus 650, is the second highest odds. Martin Truex Jr., plus 700. Tyler Reddick, plus 900. And then Daniel Suarez rounds out the top five at plus 1,100 in the odds per BetMGM pre-qualifying. So, Cole, I think that as we kick it into the favorites category here, I'm in agreement with a lot of those names there. Maybe not all of them, but I think that Four of those five drivers, for the most part, are guys that I fully expect to run up front this week. One million percent. I think it's very indicative of, of what we'll see on track come Sunday. And I'll kick things off here first, I guess, with the favorites category. And I'm going to keep it really simple here. Um, you're looking at a favorite for the win. You're looking at none other organization than Hendrick Motorsports. They've won the last four races here. The last two have been won by Kyle Larson. The two prior were won by Chase Elliott. And in my opinion, there is no doubt in my mind Chase Elliott is winning this race. Um, last week, I had my doubts about him going to Indianapolis. It was not one of his better road courses. 
We'd seen that in, in those past three races there. But he came out, he put in a show, and he just got beat flat out by Michael McDowell. And I think you go to a place like Watkins Glen, this is by far his best track on the circuit. And you know he's going to be a contender. I've, I'm i pretty much 100% made up my mind I think he's going to win this race. And I think he's pretty much automatic at this track since we've been going there. Uh, he has a 5.7 average in six starts with two wins there. He's currently riding a four-race top four streak, which is the longest active streak of that caliber throughout the field. Kyle Larson, though, does have a four-race top 10 streak as well. Um, back to Chase Elliott, though. 170 laps led, which is a big thing I'm taking stock into, considering he only has six starts here, but that is the second most throughout the field to Kyle Busch's 247, and he has 11 more starts than Chase Elliott. So I think you look looking for somebody with the, the dominance and the road course pedigree, you look no further than Chase Elliott. And I think that this is it. Like, if he doesn't win this week, I don't think he makes the playoffs. And that's not to say he can't win Daytona, but anybody can win Daytona. Todd Gillen can win Daytona. Justin Haley can win Daytona. That's besides the point. I think you go to Watkins Glen, there is no better driver in the field than Chase Elliott. And honestly, I'm not looking at any other race winner this week. Uh, I think 350 is a, a solid deal for a driver like Chase Elliott. I think he's the most expensive driver in DFS at $11,000, but you, you take the laps led into account, you take how he's run here in all six races into account, it's really a no-brainer. I don't care about the price. I'm putting him in my lineup. I'm betting him for race winner. I will personally throw 20 bucks on him to win the race, and I'll bet in solidarity with you guys. If he does not win, I'll put my money where my mouth is. If you want, you can throw out some crazy um, bet for me to do, uh, some dare, and I'll do it. I am just that confident that Chase Elliott's going to win this week, um, and I, I really love his odds. I'll, then I'll go to Kyle Larson, obviously. I kind of alluded to him. He's riding back-to-back -to -back top 10s in 2023 after finishing 8th at Indy. He also has a lowest finish of 14th on road courses this season with an 8.5 average, so very under the radar on road courses this year. I think you're used to seeing that dominance back in 2021 when he won the championship on these tracks, but he's definitely been one of the more consistent drivers on these style courses. And I also mentioned riding the back-to-back -back wins at Watkins Glen. He's also led laps in the last three races there, and he's riding, again, a four-race top-10 streak at the Glen. His odds are plus 650 for the win, and he's the second most expensive driver at $10,800. But all in all, I'm a big fan of the Hendrick Stable this week, and specifically Chase Elliott. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I'm a big fan of both of those drivers, and especially Chase Elliott this week. We're exuding with confidence with the Hendrick Chevys. I'm going to discuss a couple of Toyotas, though, Cole, before we leave the favorites category. Starting with Martin Truex Jr., who had a solid top 10 day last week at Indy. He's had really a mixed bag of road courses this year. Uh, I would say more good than bad. It was his second top 10 on a road course last week, uh, and the other was the dominant win at Sonoma, which is kind of the other long-standing road course that's on the NASCAR circuit. So this kind of pales in comparison to Sonoma in that regard. Uh, and Truex, as we have only a couple races left before the playoffs, has a 60-point lead for the regular season championship. So you know they're not going to go out there and try anything crazy. They have, over the, these dog days of summer, basically July through August, have cemented themselves as the team to beat in, in terms of the playoffs and the championship going forward. Uh, and finished seventh to extend his top 10 streak to five straight races. So it's gotten to the point for Truex and that 19 team that even if it's a track that you don't expect him to perform well at historically in his career, he's still going to finish in the top 10 because that team is at the top of the heap right now in the garage area. And again, just exuding with confidence, even in the sense that he's made his return to NASCAR's Cup Series next year, completely committing to it and saying, why would I retire when we're at the top of our game right now? Because it's that obvious. So uh, finished 23rd at the Glen last year. I guess that's the downside in picking Truex for the win. It snapped two streaks, a four-race top three streak, and six races with laps led there. He did win at the Glen in 2017. So again, the recent history at Watkins Glen, specifically last year, not great. But he's had uh, more success than not at road courses this year. Uh, and he's plus 700 for the win. That might be the best value out of our favorites. And he's 10500 in Daily Fantasy, which... I think if you're going to pay that premium, you might as well just go the extra couple hundred dollars to get Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott. So Truex, I like a lot better as a race winner this week than I do in Daily Fantasy, but I just think that that team 
It's got to be in our favorites category every single week through the end of the season until proven otherwise. Another guy that we discussed last week at the Indy Road Course, Tyler Reddick. He has been the class of the field in the next-gen era at road courses, and he proved it again, finishing fourth at the Indy Road Course. He also won at Coda earlier this year, and he's also got top tens in both Watkins Glen starts, a career best of seventh last year. So I think about best values in the favorites category. I just mentioned Truex. I think Reddick might be the best value at plus 900 for the win. I'll go out on a limb and say if Chase Elliott is not the guy that wins this race, it's probably going to be Tyler Reddick. And he's, again, plus 900, 10,300 in daily fantasy. That is cheap enough to where it's it's a $700 decrease from the most expensive driver, Chase Elliott, to where you could consider plugging Ty Reddick into your lineup and you could feel pretty good about it. So I think that, that you got two Chevys, you got two Toyotas, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Tyler Reddick. Pick your ace and choose him wisely because those are four very good selections in our favorites category. Well said. I think um, you were a thousand percent on the money in saying that Truex is going to be someone that we have in this category until proven otherwise. And on t- uh, Tyler Reddick, I do think he is the best value both from a race winner and DFS perspective in this bracket. Moving on to our sleepers, though, I think first off, um, you look at the favorites category, I think the three guys I'm looking at are Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Tyler Reddick. But you look at last week and how certain teams performed. You can't talk sleepers without talking Daniel Suarez. And I'll be honest, I had my doubts just because how this team has been this entire season. But we're going into another road course, and um, he's sitting 17th in the standings, 28 points out of that final playoff spot. And I think last week was very telling for me personally because – while the speed has not been there um, consistently all year for this team, the fact that he scored the pole and finished third at Indianapolis after three pretty awful road course starts this season, um, it was a big step. And I think this team has came to play. I think Travis Mack is a, a very underrated um, crew chief. And should this race go green for a majority of the distance like the one did last week at Indianapolis, you're going to see those those uh, pure teams and strategists really shine like Alan Gustafson, like Cliff Daniels. And I, I would even throw Travis Mack into there as well as a, a really good road course uh, crew chief and team in general, if that makes sense. But I think overall, that was his best showing of the year at Indianapolis, strongest showing by far. And you look at Watkins Glen, this is a driver that has three top fives and five starts, which you don't think about just given the dominance of HMS since Daniel Suarez has been in the Cup Series, but that's a really, really good stat. And he also finished fifth last year, so he has the recency to back it up. Um, I also like his odds and his value a lot this week, uh, plus 1,100 for the win and 9,500 for DFS. But all in all, I think we're looking at the same players as last week. And that includes Daniel Suarez, Chase Elliott, Michael McDowell, and Tyler Reddick as the uh, the four contenders for the race win. So I, I like him a lot as a sleeper. And the other guy I'm going to bring up is another guy from the Hendrick Stable, just playing on that that organization's dominance at this track. Alex Bowman, another guy that needs a win to make the playoffs. And this is a team that was probably the hottest in the sport to start the season. I think they had like seven or eight straight top tens to start the year off. But um, they're coming off their first top five since Alex Bowman returned from injury uh, in the middle of the year. Very, very underrated road course racer. And I think Blake Harris referenced this last week on the broadcast actually his confidence in the road course program and, and with an Alex Bowman two top fives on those style of tracks this year uh with the best finish of third at Coda in uh th- this March best finish of 14th at Watkins Glen that happened three times including last year he has a worst finish of 20th with Hendrick Motorsports and four starts so three 14th place finishes one 20th place finish with HMS and I don't have as much confidence in him as the other drivers in this sleepers category. But I think seeing how this team performed last week and just speaking on their underrated road course status uh, with this next-gen car, he's worth looking at for a race winner bet. I wouldn't go for him for DFS, even though he is a really good value at $8,000. I would maybe go for someone like Chris Busher in that same price range, who, by the way, finished 11th last week, which broke his uh, his eight-race top 10 streak out road courses. But um, I think there are better drivers in that price range. Uh, his value for the race wins plus 2,500, which 
is going to be worth looking at, I guess. But in all honesty, you're, you're looking at it's, it's going to be a very aggressive race for this team. And they're really going to go balls to the wall for that win. And you really can't bank on that from a DFS perspective, even with how good his value is. So, if anything, I, I think if you have a good gut feeling about Alex Bowman, you, you bet on him for a race winner or like a top five prop bet. But I'm not really considering him for DFS. Yeah, I'm with you in that there's a little bit of value there. Um, I, I don't mind the DFS value, to be honest with you. I, I would be more inclined to wait until qualifying to lock in, whether it's he or Chris Buescher. But I just think, like you mentioned, Busher's just been so consistent on the road courses, and it, it was so unsatisfying to see that top 10 streak snack uh, that I would probably rather include him as more of a safe bet, but I think Bowman's more of maybe the high ceiling bet, I guess you could say, even though Chris Busher's won two out of the last three races. But uh, I, I'm a little bit more reserved on Daniel Suarez's actual uh, value. 9,500 in Daily Fantasy seems a little bit much to me. I, I know that he's coming off his best outing of the year, but... Again, it's it's one in a bag of a lot of pretty bad road course starts this season. I think I tend to side with recency a lot of the time, just for that value. I'm a little bit more uh, reserved on it. Plus 1100 for the win is very solid, uh, and even the top five and top ten bets at plus 170 to finish in the top five. I kind of like that for Daniel Suarez more than I do the plus 1100 for the win, but. You know, he is 28 points out of the, the playoffs, and so it's a guy that obviously, like you mentioned before, kind of needs to win. Uh, but talking about last week's winner, though, as we continue the sleepers category, he was in this category last week, and he won the race. It was the Indianapolis Masterclass by Michael McDowell. His road course excellence has continued to shine with this next-gen car. This year at road courses, he picked up the win, now has three top sevens, an average finish of 6.8 over four road course starts this year. That team has been the cream of the crop at road courses this season, along the likes of a few others that we've already discussed, but finished a career-best sixth at Watkins Glen last year with 14 laps led, and that was, of course, in the next-gen era. So I look at Michael McDowell as a guy that's flying high on confidence right now. He's plus 1,300 for the win, and I know he was a surprise winner, but guess what? So was Chris Buescher three weeks ago, and he, he went out and won the very next race at Michigan. So uh, 9,600 for Daily Fantasy. It seems like Vegas has maybe caught up to the fact that Michael McDowell is definitely a guy that should be considered for the win. And this week in the odds, he is actually valued at the seventh highest odds of any driver at plus 1,300. So I, I, again, I, I have nothing to dispute that. I think that it's a pretty solid value at plus 1,300 considering the performance we just saw out of that team. And there's no reason why he can't go out there and win two races in a row, especially as they try to pick up some steam entering the playoffs. One team that would definitely like to do that is the 20 team and Christopher Bell, because we've documented the inconsistencies all season, uh, including last week and just all year. But he finished top 10 last week at Indy. He's been one of the better drivers at road courses this year with the results aside. There's been a few races that have kind of taken his average finish down based on some bad luck at our various tracks this year, uh, but he's finished top 10 in both starts at Watkins Glen, 7th and 8th, right in that same price range. He's plus 1,200, one spot ahead of Michael McDowell, the 6th highest odds, and then 10,000 in Daily Fantasy, a little bit more of a value than his, his Toyota teammates, Martin Truex Jr. and Tyler Reddick, but still a pretty hefty price to pay. Um, so there's a lot of drivers kind of in that same price range that we've been looking at here from 9,500 where Daniel Suarez is all the way up to about 9,600 uh, where Michael McDowell is and, and 10,000 for Christopher Bell. So pick your poison. I think they're all pretty solid bets. And I think that Christopher Bell, again, coming off the top 10 at Indy, you know they want to start putting together some consistency. And I think there's no reason why that can't be uh, the case this week as he's definitely a sleeper for the win just outside the top five in odds. Why not Christopher Bell this week? I mean, he's got the road course wins under his resume already. And uh, again, you've, you've seen a couple surprise winners this week, uh, the past couple of weeks, guys that have won their first races of the season. And a win for Christopher Bell would come at a really good time here. So those are the sleepers. Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, Daniel Suarez, and Alex Bowman. And Cole, last week we mentioned that uh, we were very confident in our favorites and our, our, our sleepers or specifically the sleepers, as that the winner would come out of that tier of drivers, and uh, that is what we got. So there's no reason why that might not be the case again this week. Yeah, I, I feel kind of the same. I, I really am very high on those three top drivers, Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, and Daniel Suarez. 
in regards to Seabell, I just think this team has been so good on the road courses this year. It's just been that the results have not gone their way. Like, they're leading laps. They're running up front. Um, and they're they're scoring top tens in moderation. It's just a matter of kind of capitalizing on that. And I think kind of in a similar situation to Michael McDowell, it's only a matter of time before they start putting these races together on the road courses. And I think that very well could be at Watkins Glen. You look at the two top tens he has there and Bolt starts and just his dominance on these style courses this year. He very well could be a, a what I would call a surprise winner. But I'm, I'm looking at Michael McDowell once again as a legitimate contender for this win. Just seeing how that team performed last week and how he's performed at this track throughout his career. You mentioned it. It's one of the longest-standing road courses on the circuit. He has a ton of experience here, and he's just riding high with confidence. And that 6.8 average on road courses this year is no joke. Uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say that's, that's probably the best in, in the series, and I don't see that changing uh, this weekend. But we look at our value picks. This is another uh, category where we've really shined this year. And going through these names, I, I really feel confidently in a, a, pretty much all of them, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think they all have a lot of potential to score top 10 finishes, and there's a lot of really, really good underrated values here. So I'll kick it off here with my, I guess, best value in this this favorites, or I'm sorry, value picks category. It's going to be Michael McDowell's teammate, Todd Gilliland, and we've documented his speed on road courses all throughout his career. He has the one truck series win. He has a top 10 at Coda this year, and he even had speed at Indianapolis last week before wrecking late, but you think back to last year at Watkins Glen, and Todd Gilliland was a standout early in this race. He led early, finished fourth in stage one, and then had a mechanical issue, um, I think, early in stage two. So I'm looking at Todd Gilliland as somebody that can really challenge for a top 10 finish, and I think you just think about this organization as a whole— Front Row Motorsports, Michael McDowell wins last week, both drivers get inked to new extensions, and they're both so wildly talented on road courses, I think it's just going to build their confidence even more, and I think Todd Gilliland, I he's just been a very, very solid road course racer throughout his career, and looking at what he did last year at this track, there's no reason to believe that he can't, you know, be a top 10 car once again, so I love his value of $6,700 which is actually $200 more than the driver I'm about to mention. And I also think he is uh, just a, a smoking deal this week, kind of similarly to a few of the names we mentioned that were very underrated in the road course department, Eric Jones. And we mentioned, I think it was at Darlington or one of those tracks. No, it was Michigan, actually. Michigan. Whenever Eric Jones is historically good at a track, he is really good at that track, and that's just like a proven fact. He's going to get a quality result. Watkins Glen is no exception, which is a weird one to think about because you don't really think about road courses when you think about Eric Jones. But he's finished top 10 in all but one of five starts at the Glen. He has an 11.2 average finish, and he finished 10th there last year. And road course results from 2023 are not something to gloat about. He finished 35th at Indy last week after a, a late race incident. But again, I, I just think you look at the tracks that Eric Jones historically performs at, and he's going to perform with them regardless of what he's done in the season to that point. So I love both those drivers a lot. I think they're both borderline locks. And if you want to include that top-tier guy in Chase Elliott $11,000, these are two guys that are great values at $6,700 for Tal Gilliland and $6,500 for Eric Jones that you can both put in your lineup and feel a little bit of confidence in. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of a gambling aspect with Tal Gilliland, but... I think both those drivers, they're worth the gamble, and I think it gives you a lot of flexibility to to work with a guy like Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson for your uh, your ace in the hole. Yeah, you look at drivers in Daily Fantasy this week that are definitely poised to outperform the price to be paid, and I think you look no further than Todd Gilliland and Eric Jones. Those are two, like you said, called borderline locks. I like opening the app, pick a contest, and plug those two drivers in. And then add in your favorite, add in your Chase Elliott, whoever your ace is. And I think for us, obviously, it's Chase Elliott this week. But um, great values there. Another guy that's a really good value this week, he's usually a sleeper just because of how well that team has run this year. And it's really a, based on how well they've run, it's a surprise they haven't won yet this season. It's the number six of Brad Keselowski. You know they want to win a race so badly at that six club after watching the 17 team, his teammate and fellow driver at RFK do it a couple weeks in a row. 
Uh, but Brad has no road course wins in his cup career. And, and there's a little bit of an asterisk next to that because he's come close on a few occasions. Brad's a guy you think of when you go to super speedways, those types of tracks. Not necessarily at road courses, but the caveat to that is Watkins Glen has been his best road course. He's got top 10s in half his starts at the Glen, 123 laps led in half of his starts, which is the third most among active drivers. Finished 19th there last year, but started from the pole at Watkins Glen in 2021. And you think about this track is kind of the one that it was the one that got away from him. I think in 2011, in my opinion, the greatest last lap in NASCAR history when Marcus Ambrose prevailed over Kyle Busch and uh, Brad Keselowski, who finished second that day. That was one of three second place finishes at Watkins Glen. So, you know, he wants to win badly here. That was a fun finish. And Brad uh, has always run well at this track in comparison to the other road courses on the circuit. And you look at some other names that are similarly priced. Brad's at 7100 in Daily Fantasy this week. That feels like a really good value and a potential lock when you look at the other names in the 7000 range. Other veterans that include his former Penske teammates, Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano. Kevin Harvick is well thrown in the mix. All guys that are kind of in the same boat. They're not known uh, for their resume at road courses, but I think that out of those names, Brad K makes by far the most sense, and he could be a very good value this week as well as Chase Briscoe. Again, a guy that's coming off of a top 10 at the Indy Road Course. He proved that he could win at these road courses in the Xfinity Series as one of the top drivers in the sport a couple years ago in Xfinity. He does have a 17.5 average finish in four road course starts this season, so proceed with caution based on where that program has been for the 14 team this year. But he finished 25th there with a stage win at Watkins Glen a season ago, a top 10 in his other start at the Glen, so... It's been a mixed bag of results for Chase Briscoe, but at 7,300 in Daily Fantasy, it's a really solid value, especially considering he has shown he can win the road courses, and he's shown that he can run well, win stages, finish in the top 10 at Watkins Glen. Not a name that's a lock in our values. I certainly like the other three names that we've mentioned better, uh, but between Todd Gilliland, Eric Jones, Brad Kay, and Chase Briscoe, that is a very well-rounded value picks this week. Yeah, well-rounded indeed. I really think that these four drivers are going to be ones that are well worth a look at for value picks in DFS. I think all their values are really, really good. But you look at these four drivers, I think Todd Gilliland, he's been a, a challenging for top 15s, borderline top 10s almost the entire season. Eric Jones has had a lot of bright spots, and you just know that when he's good at a certain track, he's going to perform well. And Brad Keselowski, we, we know how well he's been all season, one of the best Ford teams in the garage area. So I think those are the three drivers I'm honing in on uh, for this week for value picks if you want to flesh out a really top-heavy lineup or include someone like Chase Elliott. But Chase Briscoe, like, I know the results haven't been there this year, but I think road courses are, are proven to be his best style track on the circuit, whether it's Cup or Xfinity. So I think he's going to be worth the look, but that 17.5 average on road courses this year is definitely something that, that kind of, like, Shots me away, but you can't win without gambling a little bit, right? So I think um, all four drivers are going to be good values and worth looking at, and I feel really confident in this episode, truthfully. Yeah, you said it from the top. I mean, we could have probably done this episode early in the week, and our opinions would have been exactly the same as what they wind up being uh, after seeing the odds, but that's obviously important to see who the values are. Um, let's each pick a driver from those tiers, Cole. We just went through 12 drivers, four favorites, four sleepers, and four value picks. This is where you and I each pick one driver from each tier, get this down to six drivers that are maybe our six favorites of the week, uh, one from each tier, of course. I'm going to take Tyler Reddick from the favorites tier, just so good on the road courses uh, in this next-gen era. Michael McDowell, last week's race winner, a great sleeper pick, and I'll take Brad Keselowski as my favorite value of the week. Sweet. Yeah, so you know where my head's at. I'm going Chase Elliott for, the, for my favorite. I think... Uh there's honestly no doubt in my mind he wins this race um for my sleeper i'm going to go with the third place finisher from last week in daniel suarez and then for my value pick we're going to go with another frm car in todd gilliland i just think that seeing what that team did here last year and just given his road course prowess throughout his young career um he's going to be a, a very underrated value pick that could win a lot of people a lot of money this week i know eric jones is probably the safer pick given the uh equipment and just history overall at Watkins Glen, but I think Toddy G is a good one to uh, roll with, roll the dice on here. Those are definitely a couple names that we're going to hear later on in our Daily Fantasy uh, recommended lineup, but Cole, let's kick it over to Big Money Bets. We're going to go through 
prop bets. We'll also get into the parlay bets, the head-to-head bets, as we get into the goal bowling at the Glen. Uh, we just discussed values and race winner picks uh, for the most part, but big money bets. These are our favorite prop bets of the week that you can throw a larger chunk of money on and expect maybe a lower payout, but a much higher probability of it happening. So we just discussed everything. Cole, give me your favorite uh, prop bets of the week, your favorite big money bets. All right. As an insurance bet, I think Chase Elliott finished top three at even at plus 100 is a, a really good one to look into. Just seeing as he's riding a four race top four streak here and has uh, two wins in that span as well. I like Kyle Larson to finish top five at also at even at plus 100. Another guy that's riding back-to-back wins and four straight top 10 finishes. Give me Daniel Suarez for a top five at plus 170. Just love how that team looked last week. And if they can come out anything like they did at Indianapolis, uh, they're going to be a shoo-in for a top five finish. And this is a driver that has three top fives in five starts at the Glen. Finally, we'll go with Michael McDowell, our last race winner. For plus 180 to finish top five, this has been a top five car pretty much on road courses the entire season, as made evident by his 6.8 average in those four starts. So um, I feel really confidently in all four of those props. And um, yeah, I, let, let's let's roll with that. I think uh, if we can have a top five with Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Daniel Suarez, and Michael McDowell, uh, that would be really cool and it would win a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep this pretty short and sweet because uh, those were some of my favorites too. I love McDowell to be in the top five. I also like Tyler Reddick to be in the top five at plus 125. Uh, Just looking what that team has done this year. I think that's a a really solid big money bet. And why not Chase Elliott plus 100, double your money to be in the top three. I think that's also a really solid bet. Uh, I'll throw one other sleeper out there. We just discussed Chase Briscoe coming off the top 10 last week at Indy. Uh, Could try and string some momentum together as he's plus 130 to be in the top 10 this week too. So uh, I'm not ready to call that a big money bet, but definitely one that's on my radar as a potential to happen. Uh, And then there's some others out there, you know, Alex Bowman minus 145 to be in the top 10. There's a couple other ones like that. Even Chase Elliott minus 160 to be in the top five. Again, you're looking at below even odds at that point where you're, you're not necessarily even doubling your money. So I usually try to stray away from anything like that just because the value is not necessarily there. Uh, But there's definitely some good picks out there. And I like mainly the ones that you had to to discuss with Chase Elliott in the top three, Michael McDowell in the top five. And I'll also add in Tyler Reddick to finish in the top five. Really solid at plus 125 this week. Definitely money to be made with the big money bets. But there's also money to be made in our parlay bets. And this is something that we've just decided to make room for uh, as of last week. And discussing the head-to-head driver bets, which, again, you are able to parlay with one another. There's five different options on BetMGM. Uh, and we'll start with Daniel Suarez being favored over Michael McDowell. Minus 120 uh, to finish ahead of McDowell. Michael McDowell minus 110 to finish in front of Suarez. That's a, a really solid bet there. Uh, and then also Alex Bowman at plus 105 to finish in front of Denny Hamlin is a very solid value there at over even odds. Ty Gibbs versus Bubba Wallace. You've got Ty Gibbs at minus 225 to finish in front of the Toyota of Bubba Wallace, who is plus 170. Then you've got Chase Elliott at minus 145, favored to finish in front of his Hendrick teammate, Kyle Larson, at plus 115. And finally, A.J. Allmendinger, minus 155 to finish in front of Austin Sindrick, who is valued at plus 120. So a couple of really solid ones there, Cole. I tend to like uh, Chase Elliott minus 145 is probably my favorite head to head bet. I just think that what we've seen from him at the Glen in his career, and obviously recently with the runner-up finish last week, it's nothing against Kyle Larson. We're both high on him this week too, but uh, just Chase Elliott head to head against anyone is going to be a yes for me. Uh, and I my, probably my second favorite would be Michael McDowell at minus 110 to finish in front of Daniel Suarez. I'm just a uh, Again, a big momentum guy. I saw what that team did last week in the 34 bunch, and uh, it was truly dominant. And and I'm starting any kind of parlay with Michael McDowell finishing in front of Daniel Suarez and Chase Elliott to finish in front of Kyle Larson. Yeah, we're on the same page here. And by the way, last week we went three for five with our head-to-head bets, so not too bad. The three I feel confidently in are the three that you just mentioned, or I think you mentioned two actually, but I'm going to throw one more in there. I love McDowell over Suarez at minus 110. I love Elliott over Larson at minus 145. And then the other one I'll throw in there is going to be Ty Gibbs over Bubba Wallace at minus 225. 
simply because um, going through the, the stats, obviously doing the research, Bubba Wallace is pretty awful at Watkins Glen. I know they're fighting for that final playoff spot, but I think Ty Gibbs is a very accomplished road course racer, a very well-rounded driver in general. And just seeing how this team's performed all season, um, I have no reason to believe that they're not going to finish ahead of Bubba Wallace. So I love the three favorites that we picked in this uh, in this this head-to-head parlay. Uh, Michael McDowell over Suarez, minus 110. Ty Gibbs over Bubba Wallace, minus 225. And Chase Elliott over uh, Kyle Larson, minus 145. But I, I wanted to bring up one more in this, this head-to-head matchup. Just because I was going to bring it up when mentioning um, Alex Bowman as my final sleeper, but I, I kind of spaced on it. Uh, AJ Allmendinger. AJ Allmendinger, we brought him up last week. Uh, we thought he was going to be due for a really good day, and he was a complete non-factor. And this is why I had not included him on this episode. I had apprehensions last week as well. Um, and the reason being, they have just not been the driver and the team they were last year and that he's been all throughout his career on road courses. Um, and the, the, the telltale sign for me was, was Chicago. He was a 10th place top 15 car in that race. And they really struggled to find a balance and a, and a happy medium um, with the driver and the car. And more of the same happened at Indianapolis, but on a magnified scale, I think he got run off track really early in this race, but it wasn't anything egregious or aggressive. They just were not able to, again, find a happy medium and, and work their way up into the top 10. And I'm taking a lot of stock into those last two road course starts. I know, as you mentioned, this is a longstanding road course on the, the NASCAR Cup Series circuit. And he has quite a few top 10s here, including runner-up last year. But I just don't think this is the same driver and the same team. Colleg as a whole has just not been... Um, what they were last year in Cup and Xfinity. And um, I, I think looking at that matchup, I like Cindric over Almendinger, but I'm not really going anywhere near that head-to-head matchup or either of those drivers for DFS or race winner, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, that's definitely the one I'm least confident in out of the five. I think we're on the same page in that uh, Elliott, McDowell, and Gibbs, that's the three that we're most confident in out of this bunch. And if you were to parlay those together on BetMGM, it would be a plus 365 odds, which is really solid. It might be a really good way to make some money uh, with McDowell in front of Suarez, Elliott in front of Larson, and Gibbs in front of Bubba Wallace. Uh, And just to put a capper on that, I agree with everything you said about A.J. Allmendinger, the telltale sign of being Chicago. And then even last week, the Indy Road Course, one of his best tracks over the past couple of years, and they just flat out did not perform last week. So... uh, That was our parlay picks. Let us know what you think. If there's any other ones that you see that you'd like us to discuss, let us know on social media at the underscore money stop. Now we're going to take a look at our daily fantasy recommended lineup. Cole, uh, there were a few ways we could have taken this, but we are in agreement on one specific combination that includes a few drivers that we've just discussed over the last half hour. Uh, And we're both in agreement that you've got to make room for Chase Elliott this week. I mean, he is such an overwhelming favorite. We're both in agreement that he is the odds-on favorite to win this race. Uh, and so you got to lead up your lineup with him, in our opinion. 11000 uh, is the most expensive driver, and there are enough good values to make up for it on the back end of this lineup. So starting after that with our least expensive drivers, we mentioned Eric Jones, 6500 and Todd Gilliland, 6700 Two of the best values of the week. I love a lineup that includes those three drivers just because of the way that they even each other out in terms of the average budget. Uh, and then you can afford some median-priced drivers. Austin Sindrick at 8400 Ty Gibbs at 8600 and Alex Bowman, a really good value, too, at 8000 uh, There were a few different ways we could have taken this lineup. Guys with similar prices like Daniel Suarez at $9,500. Uh, you would have had to compensate by adding Chase Briscoe to your lineup instead of somebody like Alex Bowman or Austin Sindrick. Um, there are a few ways you could take it, but this was a lineup call I feel pretty good about with Chase Elliott, Todd Gilliland, Eric Jones, Ty Gibbs, Austin Sindrick, and uh, Alex Bowman. Yeah, I feel good about this too. I, I think the uh, the rule of thumb here is going to be that, that we feel confidently in, in Chase Elliott and then evening that out with Eric Jones and Todd Gilliland. And I think having Ty Gibbs in there is also a, a really good um, uh, way to add some consistency and, and some, I guess, safety net as well. But you mentioned... Um, Alex Bowman and Austin Sendrick, two guys that are 
definitely going to be a, a bit of a risk from a DFS sense. But you, you compare the two drivers who you mentioned um, before this in Daniel Suarez and Chase Briscoe. I think that... Look, Chase Briscoe's a great road course racer, and he's coming off a top 10 finish at Indianapolis, but he mentioned it numerous times. He just pulls out another gear going into his home track of Indianapolis, and you look at the road course results outside of that, and they're really nothing to gloat about, but he can go out there and have a good day, top 10 days. He finished top 10 there in his first start in the Cup Series, so um, I, I just think that there's there's better value in having those riskier options like Austin Sindrick and Penske Equipment, who has a really good road course resume throughout his career in Cup and Xfinity, and then obviously Alex Bowman, who needs to get the win, um, and who has had really, really good underrated road course success this season and even last season um, at $8,000. Uh, it's it, it's a good one. I, I would think that Daniel Suarez has a more legitimate chance to lead laps and win this race, but I guess from an equipment perspective and just finding someone that's not as obvious that's going to score you a lot of points because that's not what's going to happen. I think Alex Bowman's a good compromise over Daniel Suarez. It's time to put our money where our mouth is, Cole. Race winner picks. Uh, this is where we're going to pick our race winner and our favorite sleeper, which is any driver outside the fifth, top 15 in odds uh, to win the race. And I, I have the pleasure of going first this week. I've got to go with Chase Elliott. I, again, it's something that we're both so confident in him. It just came down to who would have the first pick this week. And I almost feel guilty doing it because of how confident you are in Chase Elliott this week. But I have that same air of confidence based on what we saw to them last week. I mean, like we've talked about it a lot that I don't feel confident picking Chase Elliott for the win until we see that kind of race-winning speed out of that team. And what did we see last week? We saw him almost run down Michael McDowell for the win. That was all I needed to see to know that Chase Elliott is poised to go out there at his best track, Watkins Glen, and take the win. There's going to be a lot of really desperate drivers out there, so I'm just going to go out and say that if Chase Elliott doesn't win this race— it's probably not going to be of his own doing. There's a lot of drivers that are sitting right there on the playoff bubble that if the going gets tough and there's a, a, a caution with a few laps to go, there's going to be a lot of desperate and hungry drivers, and, and they might try to take Chase Elliott out. Again, I'm, I'm really confident in Chase. I don't know if I'm as confident as you to, to put a, some kind of a crazy bet out there. We'll see if anything comes to fruition on social media, but uh, we're both really feeling good about Chase Elliott. It is a week of desperate drivers. I think you can argue that Chase Elliott is maybe at the top of those desperate drivers in terms of that list because it's hard to imagine a playoff field that doesn't include Chase Elliott. And how could he not win this week at Watkins Glen? So that's my pick for the win. Now you've got uh, your winner pick, Cole, and you've got your first sleeper uh, first sleeper pick. That's any driver outside the top 15 in odds. Awesome. Yeah, and, and just to, for a, a little refresher, uh, earlier in the episode, I said that I was so confident that Chase Elliott was going to win this race, and I still am, that I will throw 20 bucks down to bet in solidarity because uh, I'm that confident, and if he does not win, you can name a dare, name a bet, and I will I will do it for you. So let me know what you're thinking, um, but again, I, I think there's no way that Chase Elliott does not walk away with this win at Watkins Glen, just given his dominance. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll go with the next best option, uh, the guy that's won the last two races there in, in Kyle Larson. Full transparency, I think it's going to be Chase Elliott, so I, I think I'm going to take the L on this one. But uh, uh, as long as you guys cash out and throw some money down on Chase Elliott to win, then um, I, I'm all good with that. And by the way, uh, we, we like to get these episodes out there before the odds adjust, before practice and qualifying. Plus 350 for a race winner is uh, it's really, really favoring one driver over the rest. And I don't know how much it could decrease from that, but assuming he does good in practice and qualifying, you're looking at maybe like a, a, a plus 250 buffer uh, that could adjust for Chase Elliott. I, I'm a big fan of getting in on that right now. So if you're listening to this, I would throw 20 bucks on Chase Elliott to win and uh, just n not look back at anybody else. For my sleeper, we're looking at 15th and down in the race winner odds. So that would be Austin Cindric and below. I'm going to go with more of a true value in Todd Gilliland. I just like what I saw with this team at Watkins Glen last year. I think they've been a um, really, really improved team this year overall. I, I think they've been a top 15 car for the most part the entire season. They've been challenging for top 10s and road courses the entire season. And I don't, don't think that'll be any different this weekend. I think uh, I like Todd Gilliland 
as uh, the, the best value pick for this week. So maybe not a, like a true sleeper for the win, but a sleeper for a top 10 finish. And that's a pretty solid bet, too. He'd be plus 350 to finish in the top 10 if you feel pretty good about that. Uh, he is valued at 12500 for the win, plus 12500 That is the biggest drop-off from the driver right in front of him, Brad Keselowski, uh, plus 6000 for the win. I'm going to pick Brad K as my sleeper just because that team has really risen to the occasion as of recently between the two wins for Chris Buescher. Uh, Brad has looked really good at every track we've gone to, and, and I just we talked about it before how he's a— a pretty solid value this week in terms of where Vegas has him favored. Uh, and I just, I think back on, on all of the success he's had at Watkins Glen in his career. And, you know, it, he's been knocking on the door for a win at some point, And if, I got to feel like it's going to be soon. And, you know, he, he wants to be in the playoffs, whether it's on points or not, but if he's got to make it one way or another, he'd like for it to be a, a, on a win. So I, I'm going to pick Brad K as my sleeper this week. Pretty solid stuff though. We're going to the gold bowling at the Glen at Watkins Glen. This race will begin at 3.05 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. I will go out there and say this probably is my favorite road course. I mean, there's a few contenders out there. I mean, there, we've had so many good ones in recent years, uh, but I'm a big Sonoma fan. I'm also a really big Watkins Glen fan. It just kind of has that feel of the playoffs are approaching, and as we've discussed, Cole, there's going to be some really hungry and urgent and desperate drivers and teams out there, and it's going to make for some really fun action. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think having also went there for the first time last year, I have a new, newfound appreciation for that track. Uh, I, I think it's it's literally heaven on earth the way it's like just sitting on top of a, a, a mountain with these picturesque skies, the trees, and all that good stuff. Uh, and, and the racing there is just out of this world. I think you see a lot of chaos there compared to other road courses, but it's, it's more so controlled. We've seen some really out-of-hand wrecks over the years there, but... All in all, the racing is always uh, just phenomenal, and I think with only two races until the playoffs, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to call it the last race because next week's Daytona and, and all hell's going to break loose, there's going to be a lot of hungry drivers, as you mentioned, and I think it's going to be a, a really aggressive and a really fun race to watch, and I think that um, NASCAR did a really good job picking this one as the, uh, the semifinal regular season race. It's going to be a, a really, really fun one. Absolutely, and stay tuned to social media at the underscore money stop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, for all of the last-minute analysis, updates based on qualifying, practice, you name it. Uh, and also take a look at the paint schemes for the week, our nickels and dimes, our top and bottom paint schemes of the week at Watkins Glen. But this will be a very fun race, Cole, uh, for Cole Cusimano. I'm Stephen Cusimano. We're going to drop the jack on this episode of The Money Stop, presented by Kicking the Tires and Sharp Link Gaming. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Hopefully we'll see you soon, and hopefully we will have uh, some money in your pocket coming out of Watkins Glen as we inch closer toward the NASCAR playoffs.